When looking for a new home, location is so important. And as sports fans, you obviously want to be close to your favorite sports teams. So if you're in the market of buying a new home, you gotta check out Aria Denver Homes. They are located just 10 minutes away from downtown, Coors Field, Pepsi Center, and Bronco Stadium at Mile High. So what makes Aria Denver unique is the home buying process is all about you. You know, we offer free home inspections. We make sure we're in a great location in Denver, um, as well as we outreach into the community and have a lot of involvement with a lot of different businesses, as well as, you know, parks and other areas in the location. Like Tyler mentioned, Aria Denver believes the home buying process is all about you. That's why they offer that free home inspection, customizable finishes, and brand new appliances. But that's not all. So we specifically have a greenhouse on campus at Aria um, that residents are able to sign up for a subscription service and have fresh veggies delivered to, to their door each week. And then we also have a great relationship with Regis University. So our partnership with Regis allows residents to have access to the fitness center and gym. Move today where everyone wants to live tomorrow. To learn more, go to www.aria.denverskylofts.com or call them today at 720-372-1022. Welcome in to another edition of Broncos training camp coverage on the BSN Broncos podcast, which is presented to you by Elixinol and the only Broncos podcast, Zach, that can say we're coming to you from training camp right out here on the field. Uh, and we're extremely excited about that. It's Alzheimer's Awareness Day today here at camp. Um, fans starting to file in and we are starting to get a bit of an idea i think you know we're inching closer to having an idea of what this team is going to look like we absolutely do pads came on yesterday ryan another day of pads today and that's what football is that football is finally back ryan football is back the broncos have been here the music is just turned on it's a good sunday morning uh again one of the only places where you can get get reaction get a uh, get Broncos talk on a Sunday morning like this so yesterday's practice uh first day in pads there was some debate over whether it was full pads I don't I don't know why because it if you just looked out there it was definitely full pads um but you heard the pop you heard uh the team getting after it a little bit what did you take away from yesterday what stood out to you the storyline wasn't with the pops with the pads anything regarding that Ryan it was with the ball floating through the air and when it came off the hands of one quarterback it was good when it came off the hands of another quarterback it wasn't very good and just like Vic Fangio ended practice yesterday and he told his team he said I have good news and bad news in one sentence there were a lot of turnovers by the defense and that's exactly how it is in in training camp it's hard to gauge how good the team is 
when if when you know one unit does well well the other does bad was it that unit doing so well was it the other unit doing poorly but the turnovers joe flacco was in charge of three turnovers yesterday ryan and on the other hand drew Locke, perfect again three days in a row without a turnover isn't that interesting uh, you would have expected, and we did expect, we talked about this coming into camp. We said, all right, Drew Locke's going to make some mistakes, and he still has, and he still will. Um, but, you know, Joe Flacco, don't get too caught up when he's just tearing up training camp. It hasn't happened yet, and, you know, part of that gives you, uh, there's the whole, like, okay, get it out of your system now type of thing. But Vic Fangio was asked, oh, is it okay for Joe Flacco to get those turnouters out of his system now? And he said, you know, every – Every interception has a story, but no, I'm not okay with turning the ball over. That's not okay. Uh, and I just love that. Every day it's something else where you're just like, mm, good stuff, Vic. I love it because it makes sense. Yeah, but unless you're just justifying everything, then that's the only way you can say turnovers make sense. Now, I do understand a coach, uh, you know, not absolutely hating them because, like Vic said, every turnover has a story, but no. Turnovers are never good. If you're trying something, it should end in an incompletion. You know, it shouldn't end in an, in an interception. And to be honest, Joe Flacco, he's been here for 10 years. This is, you know, he's going, what, is it 12th year? 11th year. One of those. He's been here I long enough. I think 10th. I think this is his 10th year. It's not like he's, you know, experimenting with his fastball. And, you know, if it gets hit out, it gets hit out. That's not the way that I view it here. He's He, he shouldn't be turning the ball over like that. He shouldn't be floating passes down the seam that you know are just kind of sitting ducks up there for will parks to go up and grab um you'd like to see him tighten it up it doesn't help that he is under constant duress um the offensive line isn't exactly holding up their end of the bargain for him and to be honest when he has had protection you've seen what he can be and the scary thing about that is i feel like we've said that so i feel like we said that about case keenum during last season you know there were times where Case Keenum sat back there, made his reads, delivered a nice ball over the middle of the field, and you're thinking, wow, if this is what he could be with protection, you know, maybe we need to put a little more blame on the offensive line. Um, so you have seen Joe Flacco make some really nice plays. I remember a, a strike to Deshaun Hamilton. It was like the, one of the first plays where everything came together. The, pre the protection was perfect. He went off his first read, found Deshaun Hamilton, delivered a laser. Deshaun ran it the rest of the way. It's like, oh, that's what this can be. But they are a long ways away from it, and there's no really one person that you can point at to blame for this. Is it scary? After three days where we're kind of saying, here's one play where everything came together, Ryan. They ran 65 plays day one. Uh, now, now, that wasn't just the first team. So let's say, what, 30 plays for the first team? 30 plays the next day. And this isn't even including seven on seven. And then, like, high 30s yesterday. We're talking about 100 plays. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, of course, we could look at a few other ones that were good. But when we're pointing to one or two, at, if they have that success rate, this is big-time trouble. Big-time trouble. And, and yeah, I, I mean, I would be lying if I told you the, the start to camp for the offense isn't concerning. Now, I also have the um, presence of mind to know that the early camp setup favors the defense they've got 10 plays in their playbooks you know and the offense has 500 maybe it's a little more under Vic Fangio but it's it's a it's a bit tougher 
for them and and they can kind of get an idea of what the offense is doing just based off of you know what they're going through in the period uh you know Isaac Yadam broke on a ball before Tim Patrick even broke on a ball because he he figured out what they were doing um and and uh, James Palmer had a good tweet about that saying you know Patrick went over to Yadam and say hey what did you see what did you do and they kind of talked it out of what the tell was that that was going to be the route and that was going to be the play but but yeah I mean to try and spin it as oh well it's no big deal they'll get it they'll get it together it isn't exactly it'd be disingenuous with that being said what is this practice four so they've got including today 16 more practices there's time there's plenty of time there's three you know or i should say five preseason games to get on the same page really three that the uh the first team is going to be participating in it's not time to panic but it's definitely time to keep a very close eye on what, what's going on out here. And the good news is Drew Locke looks way better than I think anyone could have expected. Of course, what was it? Just two days ago, Vic Fangio said he's not a quarterback. He's a hard-throwing pitcher learning to pitch. I would actually say the opposite from, from what I've seen. This isn't the Drew. Now, we, we've seen uh, the Drew Locke sidearm passes occasionally. We, we've seen the fun, flashy plays. But for the most part, Drew Locke's been boring. In a good way. In a good way. And that's not what I thought he was going to be like. I thought he was going to be, uh, you know, to, to a much different degree, the Paxton Lynch, where, you know, he makes the, the, the top three plays of the day and then also the worst three plays of the day. I, th- I thought that's what we were going to see from Drew Locke. And you know what? That would have been just okay. That, that would have been totally fine because he's showing the potential. And we knew he was going to have these mistakes. But he's not. He's the consistent quarterback now maybe he's making the wrong reads way too often and only the coaches know that but even if he's making the wrong reads he's not turning the ball over and what have we said about this team average offense good defense that's that's clearly John Elway's formula to win throwing interceptions is an average offense being you know making the right read checking the ball down uh getting three four yards at a time and then hitting a few deeper ones like Drew Locke has done this camp that's the formula to be, you know, at least average. So I've been just so, so impressed from what I've seen from Drew so far. I thought coming into camp that Drew Locke would have the best play of every day and the worst play of every day from the quarterbacks. One of those two things has been true. And it's yeah. that he's had the best play every day. Yesterday, it was a uh, probably about 50, would you call it 50 yards? 50-yard yep. bomb to Jawan Winfrey, who really deserves credit for that one. I mean, it was a good throw and a great catch. Jawan went way up brought it down, landed on his back. And speaking of Jawan Winfrey, I wrote a feature on Jawan in which I talked to him about his journey uh, to this point in his career, as well as what's working for him, what's clicking, why is it working. Uh, other voices on that story include Philip Lindsay, wide receivers coach Darren Cheverini, of course, CU wide receivers coach Darren Cheverini, who had a very powerful quote in there uh, about Jawan and and Jawan is starting to turn heads here, and that's in the headline. So make sure you go check out that story on bsndenver.com. And also make sure you check out Zach's observations. Zach, what's, what's one thing that you want people to make sure they read in your observations? All the additional tidbits, Ryan. And I think that's what, what's so important. Of course, we, we typically touch on one to two of the main headlines on this pod. But all the additional tidbits that are in there, if you're a Broncos fan, those are important to know. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we go through and, and I have a notebook. You like to take your notes on your phone and just jot stuff down all practice. Not all of those little things make it into this podcast, but they do make it into the written stories. Um, so 
If you want to read those written stories and you have not yet, make sure you go to bsndenver.com backslash subscribe and use the promo code BroncosCamp. What you're going to get when you use that promo code is $10 off uh, a full year subscription. So you'll get from today to next year during training camp at this time where I'm sure you'll want to renew and do it all over again. Um, but you'll get that for, for $34.99, which is $10 off our normal annual price. You're going to get a free t-shirt from bsndenvermerch.com, which if you go check them out, you're going to like them. If you're a Broncos fan, there's pl- if you're only a Broncos fan, there's plenty of stuff in there. If you like all the teams, you're going to be overwhelmed with options for what you can use that free t-shirt code on. Uh, and, and then on top of that, you're going to get the, the observations every day from training camp. You're going to get the ability to comment on this podcast and have your questions read and answered by us. You're going to get every story we write from training camp and beyond in audio form. Um, the benefits are, are endless, and that's not even talking about being a part of this community, which we know has become so strong. And, and a lot of you are part of this community even before you subscribe. But when you subscribe, we always like to say welcome to the family because you really do become a part of the family. So use the promo code BroncosCamp to subscribe to bsndenver.com and get in on all this good stuff. Zach, what else do we need to touch on here in the first segment really quick just to go back to the juan winfrey catch from drew lock the most impressive part of that which can't go unnoticed is it was against the first team defense ah yes i remember that from your observations and what's important about that is the first team offense went against the second team defense for for one part of of uh camp or of a practice yesterday and then the first team defense Went against the second team offense. That was mean. Who who is the uh, who is the second string quarterback right now? We we found what out. What are my Dickens, eyes telling me, or what are they trying to tell what me? What are the Broncos telling you? It's Kevin Hogan. But when they went up against a first team defense, Drew Locke was in there. So maybe shows you a little progress is being made. So first, that's important. Second, Drew Locke made the play of the day against the first team defense. This defense that has been picking off. Joe Flacco, at least yesterday, uh, that has been dominating and shredding the offensive line, not letting Joe Flacco get comfortable to be the Joe Flacco that the Broncos hope he can be. And Drew Locke, uh, I believe the first play of that series, he was swarmed. I mean, seven guys sacked him. I joked with a media member, can they split a sack seven ways? Because there was nothing he could do. Anyone would have got sacked. Patrick Mahomes would have got sacked. Joe Flacco would have been sacked. Second play, nice short completion to Kalafani Muhammad. Feels the momentum going and then just releases a bomb. And Juwan Winfrey did help him, but against the first team defense, so impressive. Zach, there's a weird thing going on here at Broncos camp. Yesterday, in the very front row of the hill, there was a man wearing a Tyreek Hill jersey. Where, with, uh, if you wear a Tyreek Hill jersey right now, sorry, there's a spider on me. Oh, can't have that. If you wear a Tyreek, if it comes back. If you wear a Tyreek Hill jersey right now, you're kind of a POS. Just I'm just gonna put that out there. So first of all, there's that guy. Then today I just saw a guy wearing a Priest Holmes jersey out there. Why? Who? You're not welcome here. No. What is that about? I don't know. That's very odd. Um, one guy who I think deserves credit, and he did have one bad play yesterday, but that's gonna happen. Is Bowles, man? Bowles keeps looking pretty good to me. Now he's. Did have a play where he ended up sacking Joe Flacco, <laughs> which if it was anyone else would be like whatever. But since it was gumballs, it was pretty funny. 
Uh, he got turned around by Bradley Chubb, who just kind of pushed him into Joe Flacco, and like it, it literally ended with Bull's arms around Joe Flacco. Uh, I think he was just trying to like hold him up, but it just it looks so bad. But other than that, Zach, Bull's like looks like a real NFL left tackle. I'm impressed. One sack a day. One sack a game is, is not good. Now, I understand he's going up against Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, and and I would say there, there's been some progress there. I, I need to see consistency before I'm buying in, but, but it is good to point out. Definitely. The other thing, another day, another bad snap for Connor McGovern, but he still has five more, no, six more, where he's allowed one bad snap per day. And he's got to erase him entirely. You are the nicest person to Connor McGovern. I'm just trying to give no him a chance. No one else is allowing him one sack for the first nine practices, or one bad snap for the first nine practices. I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter if he has one for the first 18 practices, if he doesn't have one in the 19th and doesn't have one all season. But that's a bad pattern to start. <laughs> exactly. What I'm saying is if he does it through the first half of camp, he gets with Mike Munchak, they figure it out and fix it, and he goes the rest of the camp without doing it, then it's fine. But here's the thing, and I know you're joking a little bit, but that's so naive. He's been with Mike Munchak. It's not like Mike Munchak's coming in mid- midway through camp. Yeah, his problem is, and this happens to uh, a lot of centers, inexperienced centers, is he's bringing his head up too fast. So if you think about it, like, your head's going the opposite way of your arm, right? Your arm's going between your legs. If your head's going up, you're kind of putting, making your body go two different ways, which restricts your arm from being able to get to the slot it needs to get to get that ball up. He just needs to take a quarter of a second, if, if even that, more. Just make sure you don't start lifting, and you'll get that snap in the right place. So if you want, I can go tell him, and, and uh, uh, maybe he'll, like, bench press me or something yeah maybe you that. should <laughs> um he'll uh, he's got time he's got time uh, you know that's it's like baseball we're like a baseball season right now it's like ah oh, you got 160 more games to figure this thing out um all right before we move on breckenridge brewery do you know how many people mm. have been reaching out to me and and you and bsn and breckenridge saying like Getting all set up for the weekend, like it, it was sprinkled in throughout the weeks. We got some, you know, some some fellas who like to have a beer when they get home from work, which I appreciate and uh, admire. Um, but man, we hit the weekend here, and everyone's drinking Breckenridge beers. It's so cool to see you guys buying into Breckenridge the same way Breckenridge is buying into BSN, you know, and that and that's what we want to reward them for is like. It's very easy for a company of that size to look at us and say, "Ah, you guys are still a little too small to get, you know, to get with this." Um, and that's not how they've treated us at all. In fact, they've they've treated us like family from the start. So they're they are family now, uh, and our family that we have cultivated here on this podcast is really buying into that, and it means really a lot to us. So when you go to the liquor store and you're thinking, "Oh, do I need to get you know this, that, this, the other thing?" Just remember. Breckeridge believes in BSN. And if you have any questions, if we truly buy into it, we went to a little get-together yesterday, Ryan. What do you show up with? A little six-pack of uh, Strawberry Sky. I would not do anyone the disservice of bringing any other beer to a little afternoon barbecue in the middle of the summer. It was a Strawberry Sky kind of day, and everyone loved it. Because what else would they do? Not love it? No, that's not possible. It's amazing. 
All right, let's take a quick break, Zach. If we come back on the other side, we'll get to the questions from the listeners. The Colorado Golf Association was founded in 1915 with the purpose of representing, promoting, and serving the best interests of golf in Colorado. A CGA membership costs $59.95 yearly, and it gives you access to member offers, discounts, events and programs, a 20% discount on green fees at Common Ground Golf Course, and so much more. The best feature of Common Ground is that it's owned by the Colorado Golf Association, and that changes everything because our mission is to use Common Ground as a lot laboratory for creative programs, innovative programs that will grow the game, that will introduce it to a wider audience. It's hard to put your finger on what makes a golf course fun. Uh, it's challenge, but it's also playable, and it's a great value. That was Ed May, executive director of the Colorado Golf Association. He has worked with the CGA for over 30 years now. The CGA is currently conducting its third annual Dream Golf Vacation Raffle in partnership with the Bandon Dunes Resort. For $20, you can enter a raffle to win the Bandon Dunes Resort. Wonderful dream vacation that includes six rounds of golf on all three golf courses. Started selling raffle tickets a couple weeks ago, and we'll draw the lucky winner here later this summer. For a chance to win, enter at coloradogolf.org slash B-A-N-D-O-N. Quickly, I don't know if we gave credit where it was due on those interceptions. Um... Of the three that Joe Flacco threw, one went to Justin Simmons, one went to Will Parks, one went to Josie Jewell, correct? Yep. Then uh, Kevin Hogan got picked by Justin Simmons at one point. And then was there another pick out there on the day? I think that was it. Okay. so I think that was it. Uh, four total picks on the day for the quarterbacks. Justin Simmons got two of them. Um, Justin Simmons' pick off Joe Flacco was beautiful, too. In the red zone, which, just like Vic said... Great for one side, terrible for another. You hate to hear it, talking about Joe Flacco, who's typically good in the red zone. You love to hear it, talking about getting defensive turnovers in the red zone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joe Flacco tried to hit Austin Fort in the end zone, and there was just a swarm of defenders there. It was not a good decision by Joe. Justin came up just out of nowhere, made the play, caught the ball, and then took off. And now you, you don't tackle or stop a guy in, in this type of period. But he could have gone 100 yards for the score. And he did, which I never understand because it just feels like a waste of energy to run all 100. <laughs> like, you got to finish. And speaking of finishing, two of three days in training camp, Noah Fant has been told to finish by a veteran wide receiver. So just he's just got to learn how to be a pro. Um, I'm sure at Iowa – and I, I don't know. Iowa's a very fundamentally sound football program. I don't know if he would have gotten away with that at Iowa. But – when you're the star tight end, you might get away with it. When you're a rookie, it's not the coaches who are getting on him. It's the players because they don't want to see that from a rookie. You can't be doing that if you're a rookie. Didn't you get the feeling that this was never going to be an issue with Noah Fant? Like when they drafted him and when we met him? At least I got the feeling of that. I got the feeling of – I got the Bradley Chubb feeling from him of, okay, this guy's motor is 100. No need to worry about that. Well, no, no it's, not, it's not a need to worry yep necessarily but it's something to keep an eye on do you know who number 13 is i think it's the new guy no it's not new guy's 83 he's not big enough to be the new guy that was burbridge's number so it was the the, the guy they signed in his place burbridge All something right. junior <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah it starts with an s steven steven something junior i'll pull it up <laughs> we used to have a roster sitting out here um it's gone. 
But he's the first one on, on the field today, so congrats to him for because that. Because River Craycraft, uh, Stephen Dunbar. That's who it is, Stephen Dunbar I, Jr. I slowly, I got there slowly <laughs> but surely. Um, yeah, River Craycraft Oblique Strain, Yep, I guess is what we're going to call it. Um, going to be out a week or so. Unfortunate for him, and funny is I was talking about how good he is at catching punts yesterday. He did it catching punts after practice, which is unfortunate. Um, with Noah Fant. I think he's a little out of shape. And so I, I, I like to believe that once he kind of gets the hang of it, gets into his football body, he's going to be fine. But the reason I say that is because when you mix the fact that he wasn't finishing his drills, and, and does that really matter in the grand scheme of things? Not really. It's yes. Just, yeah, it does. Why? Why does it matter to finish? Well, I'm just saying, like, it's not, re- it's not like, real. Like, that, that situation wouldn't come up in a game. Is what I'm saying. What finishing? <laughs> there would never be a situation in a game where he caught the ball and didn't and didn't want to keep running. I just w- w- when we talk about would it matter in a game, I just think of Peyton Manning. He would just think that is just so inexcusable. It's a death by inches type of thing, right? For sure. But I'm just saying, like, that's not that situation wouldn't arise in a game. It's just a bad habit that you shouldn't allow to happen. Um, but I think. When you mix that with the fact that Vic Fangio has been giving him a ton of reps, that kind of tells me that they're maybe saying, look, let's give him a bunch of reps so he gets into shape, so he so he's not out here on the sideline sitting down. I also, after every drill, he's taken his helmet off, uh, which doesn't happen for all the players, which it looks like he's kind of just trying to get as much oxygen as he can. He doesn't want you know his face mask blocking him from any oxygen. And then I've seen him take a knee quite a few times. So I think he's just working into altitude level game shape which you don't want to see but i'm i'm hoping for his sake that once he does get in that you're not going to see these things pop up oh i like your optimism but i can't i don't i don't see anything positive from that the only positive that's it's definitely from it not a positive is is from his teammates stepping up and and these veterans stepping up and saying nope this is not gonna happen here just like peyton manning would and anything you do that's peyton manning leadership is great. So good on Emmanuel. And was it Cortland who also got on him? Emmanuel and Cortland. Um, so we, we don't want to see that again. That's something that we'll keep our eyes on. It, it shouldn't and can't happen again. You know what? Von Miller showed up late to the very first OTA practice. We said that cannot happen again. I don't think it happened again. Uh, there are certain things that you just shouldn't do. That's one of them. It's already come up twice for him. That's one more than it should have. Really, it's two more than it should have. Uh, anything beyond that it will, will be unacceptable. At this point. All right. Should we hop into the questions? Let's do it. First one coming in from Jared Pietzmeyer. Did sure. I get that right? He says, at Mile High. That's his name on Twitter. At Right. Mile High Mems. Mems, yeah. He says, got my goat shirt today and have been telling it around Missoula, Montana. The strange looks are accumulating. I kind of take the, if you have to ask, position. I'm loving the audio stories, too, which I didn't think I'd use, but I'm hooked as far as Peyton Manning is concerned, in the pantheon of Broncos demigod, demigods, 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 I think he, of course, is of course a great Bronco, but I wouldn't put him above the guys you mentioned. And I would also add that he's not above Atwater or Mech either. Atwater could have been the MVP of Super Bowl 32 in my eyes, and his slight from the Hall of Fame is egregious, as is Mech's. I love what you two are doing. Cheers from the last best place. The last best place. I'm, I'm sure Henry would understand that <laughs> reference. Um, agree with everything you said. It's just hard. I don't know. It's, it's just hard for me to gauge where Peyton falls into the conversation just because 
he does get the the longevity thing against him, but he gets the quarterback thing for him. Um, he had the greatest four-year stretch of quarterback play in Denver Broncos history, and that has to be worth a lot. And he had the best year of any quarterback ever. Ever. Sure did. Not even Patrick Mahomes can break that. Exactly. He can't even do that. All right, next one's from Lone Star Bronco. He said, I'm super bummed you didn't enjoy Idiocracy, Ryan. I already kicked in some cash for the BSN World Tour, so I'm forgiven. I'm sorry. (laughs) I I went into it with a great attitude. I just – it was just dumb. (laughs) But I think – I realized that's the point. It was supposed to be dumb. Um, I, tr- I like, tr- I almost, I even tried to like fake laugh my, my way into it. You know, mm-hmm. or you're just like, Oh, I get, I get that that was supposed to be funny. <laughs> um, I'm sorry guys. I'm sorry. I really wanted to like it. Anyway, he has some, he says, I have some vanilla Porter chilling in the fridge as we speak. My girlfriend is constantly has hated me constantly saying Breck boys since Ryan's posts on social media with all the free merch. Rarely does my Instagram make an appearance on this mm-hmm. podcast, but that is, that is from the Instagram. <laughs> I was going with claw gang originally for white claws i i swore off the white claws went stri- went uh, strictly breck now it's all about the breck boys that's the new gang all right anyways he says we ate at elway's a couple years ago and we made it to denver's and it was amazing what's better shanahan's or elway's i think we've been asked this before have you been to both no i haven't either i hadn't been to either until about a week and a half ago. Oh. Because I live walking distance from Shanahan's now. Oh. So went over to Shanahan's for happy hour. I will say even at happy hour cost, it was more expensive than most meals I eat. <laughs> um, but I also did have some luxurious items. I had oysters, which were solid. But then my favorite thing, charred octopus. Oh. It was so freaking good it was an appetizer (laughs) next time i go there i'm ordering that because it was big nice nice big uh tentacle there (laughs) next time i go there that's my that's my dinner i'm just gonna get that it was that good Mm, is it the sauce that makes it first of all it's just i love octopus um second of all yeah this they've got this like spanish spicy kind of sauce on there it was incredible did you have any in Greece. I did. You did? I tried a little bit. Yeah. What'd you think? Yep. D- very similar to calamari. Yep. You know, uh, in terms of the texture uh, and, and the, the taste, it's it's the sauce that, that makes it, though. As is, in my opinion, the case with all <laughs> things in life. Well, so you've never been to Elway's? Never been to Elway's. Mr. Elway seasoning yeah, guy. Yeah. Uh, once you got the... I've got the secret ingredient. Now wow. I can just do it at home. Wow. No, I actually... Uh, my girlfriend and I talked about how we need to go to Elway's eventually. It's just not as close as the other one, but um, I would I would enjoy having the way having a steak with that seasoning on it, the way that it was meant to be prepared. <laughs> Anyways, he says I really appreciate the work that you guys do. It has to be some long hours and energy drinks to provide such an incredible amount of content while keeping phenomenal quality. So I command each of you. No energy drinks. I haven't had an. I gotta be honest. I haven't had an energy drink since. I was mm, 12 years old. I've never had a full energy drink myself. Have you had like a Red Bull vodka? Yes. So I was just going to say, other than the fact that when I was in Nebraska last year uh, for the CU Nebraska game, afterwards I was so exhausted that I was like, all right, I'll have a a Red Bull whiskey because I don't drink vodka. And I ended up having three of them. (laughs) That was not a good idea. Are you ready to go? I was ready for something. Uh, I, I was 
I don't get wired from coffee, you know. I drink coffee like it's water. This that stuff had me wired like a I don't even know. I was off the wall. Which was, made it kind of fun. I was dancing around, having a good time, yeah, but I'm, it was intense. I'm sure that game didn't hurt either. No, yeah, that that helped a lot. Anyways, he says hot take of the year. Shelby Harris has twelve and a half sacks, third most on the team. Thanks and keep it up. If if both of those things are true, they have the best defense in the NFL. They absolutely do. <laughs> um, Lone Star Bronco, don't want to crush your dreams, but remember when Malik Jackson had a fantastic season? Incredible. During the Super Bowl run. Yeah, he was awesome. Five and a half sacks. Yeah. Five and a half sacks, and he went out and got paid $15 million before guys were getting paid $15 million, especially defensive linemen, especially interior defensive linemen. If Shelby Harris on a contract year goes out and has 12 and a half sacks. He won't be playing here, I'll tell you that. He'll be a $20 million man. Yeah. I hope that for him because <laughs> Shelby's amazing and hilarious. Um, six is fine. Six would be great. Malik he Jackson had, had five and a half. He had five last year, Shelby. Yeah. And that was really good. I think he had three and three games at yeah. one point. Hey, if he can go out there and do that. The Broncos will be great. Yes, they will be. <laughs> All right, next one is from Mile High Magic. It says, through, day, through three days, what veteran and rookie have you been most impressed with overall? And which veteran and rookie have you been least impressed with overall? All right, rookie you've been most impressed with. I think I know the answer. Drew Locke. For Drew me. Locke. For me, I'm going to go um, Jawan Winfrey. Now, Drew Locke, he's a quarterback, which you have to kind of grade on a curve. It's way harder, so what he's doing is more impressive. Uh, but... Because he was a sixth-round pick, Juwan Winfrey making plays with the first team. He's making plays for Joe Flacco out there. That has me. That has really piqued my interest, which of course is why I wrote you know a thousand-word feature on him yesterday. And why I go with Drew Locke, it, it just seems like the obvious one, but it's because he's doing the non-obvious stuff. It, the obvious thing, like we talked about, would have been making the great plays, making the bad plays. No, he's not making the bad plays. He's being consistent speaking of juan winfrey ryan he's out here wearing his 187 shirt of course where he was picked in the draft a theme uh, in my story yeah feels like a, a slighted thing do you think he's slighted i wrote about this in my story no i don't uh and, and i love that he found uh, an external motivator because another freaking spider don't be flicking that toward me just it don't be flicking ground. that toward me just flicking it towards <laughs> the ground oh, this is guy. probably the smallest spider I've seen, and it still terrifies I me. I just, it's distracting. Yeah. It's distracting. Anyways, I love that he found an external motivator. Now, as we've learned from Joe Flacco, or really anyone who knows anything about motivation, your motivation can't solely come from external things. Uh, most of it has, 90% of it has to come internally, and I think Jawan Winfrey has that in spades. But he did use, he wants to use that as an external motivator. There's 186 players taken in the draft before that, before him. The experts would have told you there should have been what, how many picks are there? Two hundred and fifty-three or something. Yeah, they, they they would have told you there should have been that many. Right. So, no, he's not slighted, but I do you. That's a big number. Oh, ab absolutely. No, I'm not saying he shouldn't embrace that. I'm just I I think it's kind of funny because typically when guys do that, they are slighted, or you know, the national media thinks they're slighted. Do you, Juwan? And you know what? I love Juwan's attitude and mentality that he brings on the field. He's always got a smile on his face. He's a, an extremely hard worker, which you need to read Ryan's story to find out just a little bit more about. And uh, Ryan, he's got the number game. 
The what? The oh, number the game. 15 yeah. looks so good. It's strong. In fact, it's one of the reasons why, and I don't want to get I don't want to get out of hand here, but I think if Juwan Winfrey stays healthy for a extended period throughout his career, his ceiling is as high or higher than Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton. Mm. He has the body type to be a. The, Wait, the, stop. We got a question coming in in the next segment about him, which, all right. which exactly plays into this. So I don't want to ruin that. All right. Well, why don't we take that break right now? And when we get to the other side, I'll talk more about Juwan Winfrey and how much he's impressing me. What's up, guys? Ryan Konigsberg here. And I got to tell you about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48. It's where I watched CU win a Pac-12 basketball championship back in the day. Uh, it's the place to be for any sporting event. It's the biggest bar in town. I always joke you could land a 747 in there. It was named the National Sports Bar of the Year in 2017 by Nightclub and Bar Magazine. It wins Best Sports Bar in Denver seemingly every year from Westward. Anyone else that's voting, it's the place to be. Uh, they've got great specials, and the food is out of this world. I recommend the nachos, the green chili fries, uh, the buffalo chicken wrap, you name it, they've got it. And the location is perfect. Just two blocks north of Coors Field, and they have parking. So go check out the Blake Street Tavern. Final segment here on a Sunday, a Sunday edition of the BSN Broncos podcast. A rare, rare occurrence in BSN Broncos folklore. Football on a Sunday, right, Ryan? But you know what? What I'll tell you? I'll say happy Thursday. Why? It's our Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday. I have no idea what day it is ever. <laughs> Shout out to Broncos PR bringing us a uh, roster here so we can name people like Stephen Dunbar Jr. <laughs> um, but, all right, should we skip ahead? Oh, no, we never finished Mile High Magic's question. So, okay. We both have gotten our rookie that we've been most impressed with, and we got a little crazy there. What veteran have you been mo- uh, least impressed with? <sighs> veteran most impressed with? Should we start with that first? Sure. What veteran have you been most impressed with? Mm, veteran that I've been most impressed with? It has to be on the defensive side. I may go Derek Wolf. Mm. He, he's been blowing it up. Now, it, it's really been hard to identify which players have been, you know, truly, truly, truly excelling in the front seven because they've all been doing well. But Derek Wolf, consistently, the, the right side of that line has had some struggles and Derek Wolf has been there in the backfield every single day. So I'll go with number 95. I like that. Uh, I too am going to stay on the defensive side of the ball and I realize it's a little easier to focus on newcomers. So I'm still going with a newcomer, Bryce Callahan. Dude is a blanket out there. Uh, it is tough to get away from 29. It's weird adjusting to who 29 is out there, but I'll tell you this last year, 29 was getting cooked out here and we were kind of making excuses for him. Uh, because Cortland Sutton was playing so well. Have you seen Bryce Callahan get cooked once? No. No, 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 no. There's no cooking Bryce Callahan. I love his attitude. I also, you know, Kareem Jackson has been a stud as well. Both of those early, early indications, but both of those guys seem to be very good signings. Okay, um, which rookie have you been most disappointed in? <sighs> For me, it's first-round pick. Okay, that's it's, fair. Uh, it's a first-round pick, Noah Fant. Especially because he was just set up to succeed the most uh, of any rookie initially. Uh, just, you know, a big play here or there. I'm not expecting him to block. If, if he gets blown up by Von Miller, I'm 
not writing that as like the biggest headline ever because it's Von Miller. Heck, if he's even getting blown up by Dakota Watson, it's not a big deal. I don't expect that from him. But I, I, I want to see him flash more. And Ryan, I'm just going to go ahead and jump the gun and say what – wait, what is it? What rookie I've been – no, we've already done the rookie most impressed with. Rookie, yeah. Isn't there a fourth one? What veteran have you been most disappointed in? Oh, never mind, never mind. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to give a shout-out to Austin Fort right now, though. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, because Drew Locke has impressed me the most. But Austin Fort, undrafted rookie from Wyoming, he's been making play after play. I, he, Ryan, he's made more plays than Noah Fant. Someone ought to show Noah Fant um, the tape of Monte Ball and C.J. Anderson in their mm, first training camps here. I like that, I like that. Uh, Monte was first-round coasting. And CJ came in with a chip on his shoulder, and, and CJ was the one who stayed in the league. Now, we are far, far away from Monte Ball levels of panic meter of course, of with course, 87. Of course. But careful. I mean, I downplayed Austin Fort yesterday, and I, I owe him an apology. He can make this team. I said his ceiling was um, the practice squad, but now you've got Troy Fumagalli banged up once again. You never know with Jake Butt. The door's open. The door is open for Austin Ford to make the team. So I, I apologize to 89 because I uh, I underestimated him. And then he went out and had the best day of, of camp after he was already having good days. Has he has he overcome the Brian Parker name yet? He is. <laughs> yep. It's Austin Ford now. Um, and speaking of, you were talking about Monte Ball and number 28, Royce Freeman, walking on the field. He's got the hood over his head. And literally, I saw him as you were saying Monte Ball, and I'm like, wow, what a coincidence. <laughs> He's walking out here right now. <laughs> first time in years. Um, okay, so I still have to give my most disappointing rookie. Right. Fan's an easy one. Um, I guess Justin Hollins just hasn't stood out to me yet. Hasn't really made a lot of plays. There's a lot of guys that I'm like, wait, wait, is he out there? Have you seen anything from Draymond Jones? Nope. No, I haven't either. Um, so he's a candidate as well. You know who else? I'll just name some other guys that I haven't um, seen. Adam Gotsis. Not yeah. really making plays out there. Yeah. Um, Josie had the pick. I'm trying to think of other players. Uh, yeah, I guess it's just Gotsis who I've been um, not impressed with. And you know what? He was really frustrated yesterday because Dalton Reisner had his number. And there was almost a dust up. I told Derek Wolf he jinxed it. He almost jinxed it. Now he's he's fine now. Uh, but don't be surprised if you see uh, 66 and 99 getting into it a little mm, bit. Interesting. That's to my keep, prediction of the day. Interesting to keep an eye on. Now, most disappointing veteran, right? Yes. I guess I could go with Adam Gonsis. I have to go with the group. I have to go with the offensive line. Now, I'm not in panic mode yet, Ryan. They're going up against a fantastic front seven. It takes time to gel. But come on. There's, there's now investment in this offensive line. John Elway put the investments needed into the offensive line. I expect it to take a while. I do, I do. But so far, there's it's it's been all the front seven, all the time, every day. Absolutely. Interesting to see who mixes in at linebacker today. Yesterday it was Josh Watson. Yeah. The CSU kid. How about that? How about it? Uh, looks like Brandon Marshall out there. Stands like Brandon Marshall out there. Kind of has hair like Brandon Marshall. It's really yep, weird. Yeah. Um, 
Is it going to be Joe Jones today? Because you, both of us are high on Joe Jones, and I'm high on the way he's been playing out there. Gosh, the way the way he played yesterday was was amazing. He got a little bit of first team reps, um, but when when he was out there, whether it was first team, second team, he is smothering in coverage. He's what we thought Vic Fangio wanted. I, if you would have said that number forty three was Devin Bush yesterday, I would have said, "Yep." This guy's a stud. He was worth it at 10. Mm-hmm. It, it, good thing they didn't trade back and then draft Noah Fant. He, he was that good in coverage. I, I wonder if there's not something else going on in terms of Joe Jones' uh, you know, mental capabilities or grasp of the game or commitment, because I know that is not an issue with him at all. But I wonder maybe in the run game he's making the wrong reads. I feel like there has to be something because, to me, I thought he was the obvious fill-in for Todd Davis when Todd got hurt. Then he wasn't. Vic Fangio said they were going to rotate some guys, and then he wasn't the first guy up. And now I'm thinking, okay, what's wrong? Yesterday I see him just be a stud out there. So I'm like, what? what what's going on here? I hope he's with the ones today. Um, he had told someone, and, and Von Miller's out here getting a proper ovation from the fans. Um, he had told someone, I'm Josie's backup. And that's why he wasn't being slotted in there. But let's it, let's forget about that because he's playing really well. How different are Todd Davis and jo- Josie Jewell? Good, uh, not, I don't think they're that different. I think they're way similar for, than Brandon Marshall and Todd Davis. Right, for sure. Where you'd have like a, a definite backup for each of those guys. Absolutely. Okay, uh, this one's fun. From Boucher all day. If this Broncos team was a golf set, who would be the driver, the hybrid, the mid-range iron, the sand wedge, and the putter? Use it metaphorically at your leisure. Fangio is already predetermined as the golf bag because he keeps everyone in check and together. And you guys are the Breck Brews refreshing us with your content as we gallivant through the course. It's amazing how much effort you guys put in day in, day out, especially when you guys chain together all these days in a row. Broncos country, and I appreciate you guys sincerely. I really appreciate you. It's really, really awesome to hear that feedback, especially when you know we're at I don't even know what day it is now. And it's a Sunday, so really appreciate that. All right, okay. Ryan, this, this is right up your alley. The driver. This is going to have to be the the one that gets you the furthest. Uh, the one that drives you. The one that starts you in the right position. For me, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna want to choose this guy for everything. I mean, if we're talking about like a driver, like you just said, it's you have to go quarterback with that description, though. I, I, that yeah, I guess you go Flacco there. The only reason why I want to really? go with this next guy, I'll tell you as I choose him for the hybrid. Okay. The hybrid is Philip Lindsay because mm. uh, he can do it all. Now I kind of wanted to choose him for the driver because he's he's got the home run hitting ability, um, and he's also a, a, a guy who kind of energizes things and just kind. I feel like he just pushes everyone forward. But it, the easy one is the quarterback. I'm gonna stay away from quarterback because. Yeah, the quarterback's the easy one here. But let me just tell you about quarterback really quick. You hope Joe Flacco isn't the driver where the head falls off. <laughs> that's very true. And then true. you have to go get a replacement and bring in Drew Locke. Uh, so that that's just that's funny right there. But I'll go with Von Miller. As the driver? As the driver. Because, Ryan, has Von Miller been good the past few years? Yes. Yeah, he's he's been good. Has Von Miller been the highest paid player on this team has he been that good uh, and, and you know one of the highest paid defensive guys on this team not quite come on 14 sacks 10 sacks 12 sacks no no that's not 
And now it hasn't been only on him, and it really hasn't been on him why this team has been 6-10. and 10. But he needs to lead the way. He needs to be the driver. He needs to go out and get 18 sacks and lead this defense, lead this team uh, by his play. So I'll go with Vaughn. All right. Um, that's fair. What about your hybrid? What does that mean in this context? Well, for me, I just use it as some, you know, you can use it in a lot of situations. Um, it's, it's not an iron. It's not, you can't put it in a box. So Philip Lindsay, he's a receiver, he's a running back. You can't put him in a box. I'll go with Vic Fangio's hybrid, and that's Bradley Chubb, the guy opposite Von Miller. Mm, it, they love, love his versatility, and Vic Fangio thinks he can do it all. Vic Fangio, what was it, a few days ago, said, when, when talking about a trait, a Bradley Chubb said he's mastered it. And then he said, well, maybe I shouldn't use that word yet, but he's, he's done very well. Come on. Vic Fangio thinks Bradley Chubb has mastered something. Wow. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next one is the mid-range iron. This one is uh, going to get you a long ways. Um, you use it a lot, right? Important to have. You're going to use your mid-range irons quite a bit during a round. For me... Hmm, mid-range iron. What's? I know mine. I got uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Mm. Emmanuel Sanders. He, he's gonna get you the distance. Mm. He's going to, you know, get big chunk plays. Just like you need a big chunk of yardage. You know, you got 200 left. You're gonna need to pull out a mid-range iron. Some people might need to pull out a long iron. Not me. Uh, but <laughs> that would be my pick there. I am going Philip Lindsay. It's a guy you use all the freaking time, versatile. Uh, kind of the same explanation that you have for the hybrid. I just think you're using more than the hybrid. Fair enough. Next one is the sandwich. You're, you're in nice and close. You got to get closer. Are you in trouble with this, though? No, uh, not Sometimes? really. Like, the sandwich obviously started as something that you use in the sand. Okay. For me, it's what I use when I'm 120 yards out. Okay. Um, so... It's, ah. In fact, I don't even use the sand wedge in the sand. Um, I use my lob wedge in the sand, which is kind of funny. A lot of people are the same way. Um, for me, you're in close. You need to get it closer. Yep. Cortland Sutton. You got to just throw it up there, just like you throw it up in the air with a sand wedge. And he's the one who's supposed to bring it down nice and tight for you. I thought about that, and then just the the way it's been the first few days, I'm not I'm not backing up off, backing up off him, but I'm not gonna go him. I'm gonna go middle of the field. I don't know I don't know who to go with. I don't know the tight end group as yeah, it should be. Yeah, because I was gonna go Noah Fant originally too, and, right? And I went away from that. But because of the way the first few days have been for him, yeah, I get that. I'm gonna go Emmanuel Sanders. Work in the middle of the field in the tight in the tight corners. Okay, and the last one here is the putter. At this point, you are almost there. You need something to finish it off. And for me, that's Von Miller. Von Miller is the guy. He's gonna come in and close the game, get the big sack, put you know the offense's hopes and dreams to bed, like he did so much in 2015. And I'm gonna go Joe Flacco. Stayed away from him uh, with the driver, but Ryan, this team's got to be money. In, in the red zone. Uh, they, they've got to be efficient. Joe Flacco was that last year to start the season. He was great. He was great. And then yesterday I'd see him come out and throw a pick a, a pick six to Justin Simmons. Can't have that. He needs to be a finisher. And, and to, to your point there, 
you can't be a good golfer without if you aren't a good putter. And you can't be a good football team if you don't have a good quarterback. Mm. So, good mm. one. All right, next one for Sonny Rain. And this is the one that you referenced earlier. He said, you want a comparison for Juwan Winfrey? You ready for this? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Michael Thomas, he says. I think Winfrey may have slightly better quickness in and out of his break and run more refined. He's talking. He's still talking about Michael Thomas here. Yes, he says, yes. Quicker in and out of his break and more refined as a route runner. That's his high praise there. Oh, my He says, but the gosh. size, speed, hands, blocking, and the way they go about putting in their work are very similar. Finally, he says Winfrey is going to be flying up the depth chart. Honestly, if he can finally stay healthy, I wouldn't be surprised if he blows by everyone not named Sanders. If he's Michael Thomas, he's blowing by Sanders as well. You know what? He's not Michael Thomas. He's better than Michael <laughs> yeah, Thomas. That's what he's, he, he's blown by everyone. Um, so, Ryan, I appreciate that you chimed in here um, and, and gave up your name as Sonny Rain. Even I didn't go as far <laughs> down this road as he did. Um, to me, his ceiling is in the range of Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton. Now, that's a long way away from Michael Thomas. Unless we're talking about, like, an old Michael... I think there's been, like, three or four <laughs> Michael Thomases. Um, I have a friend named Michael Thomas. Oh, you do? Maybe that's his ceiling. I could... <laughs> no, I think his ceiling is above your your friend, Michael Thomas. But to me, Joan Winfrey, he, I don't know what he doesn't have. He's fast. He's big. He runs great routes, and he has great hands. So, like, just because he's a six-round pick and he hasn't been healthy, I, I can't let that affect m my view of what he possesses. And what he possesses is pretty much everything you could ever want from a number one receiver. Now, he has to bring it all together, tighten everything up, and stay healthy. But I do believe his ceiling is number one receiver level. When? How long? Realistically. Next year. I mean, that's that's in his range. Sure. But, again... We're three practices in. I'd like to see him make it through training camp healthy. Um, but that's the only thing that's ever held him back is health. It's never been talent. That's why you take a, a flyer on him in the sixth round is because he has a number one receiver ceiling. We've been, rightfully so, hard on Cortland Sutton uh, because at times he's deserved that. But he still had a very good rookie season when you take a step back 700 yards. And Broncos fans, I just want to remind you, not clout that ju your judgment so much with that because it is so hard to come in and have success as a, as a rookie, as a receiver. And it's interesting. When I came, obviously with Philip Lindsay, I had covered almost his entire career at Colorado. I knew a lot about him. Jawan came to see you the year that I switched beats. So I didn't, I don't know Jawan very well. You're old. I, uh, I know it does. It is kind of make me feel old that a player went through his career and I didn't even cover him. And now he's in the NFL. Um, Talking to him yesterday took me to another level, which is kind of why I'm I'm on a high with him today. Obviously, he's playing really well, uh, but wow, does this kid have the right mindset? And, and um, then when I talked to Darren Cheverini and got that quote, I'm not going to give it away because I want to make you guys go read it. When I read that or when I heard that, I said, "All right, now I'm I'm ready to get on the hype train." Yeah, and by the way, Ryan, I, I texted you this yesterday when you're midway through. I said. It's going to be a fantastic feature, and it was. So, great job. Make sure. Make sure. Come on. Guys, Broncos camp. If, you, if you're not in there already. If, you're, if you have the subscription, get in, read both pieces from tomorrow, because we're not covering everything from mine, and you got to read Ryan's. And if you're not, just use that code BroncosCamp. Get yourself a free shirt on the way. Exactly. Okay, next one, next one here is from NBOT. 
He said, I had a dream I was at Broncos camp the other day, and in the dream I met both of you guys too. I live out of state, so can't attend. Love hearing the podcast uh, to hear what's really going on, though. On a side note, I also love the new audio stories of the articles, but I can't utilize them in the browser very well. Is it possible to get the audio readings of the article published and put out as podcasts that are available in my podcast app? Keep up the good work. Mm, Probably not. Just if I'm uh, being honest here, I don't know if that's uh, feasible. What you should do is get the BSN Denver app. That is going to be the perfect thing for you. It is it, We put a lot of work, time, and money into making that app be really smooth for playing audio. So go in there, go to the audio stories page, or just go to the articles in the app. That's going to be your best chance at using it. I'm curious what browser you're using because it should work just fine in a browser unless you're using like Internet Explorer or something. So don't be using Internet Explorer. <laughs> I, mean, I, I can't really speak. I use Safari, which I get a lot of crap for. Um, I do too, and I get the same amount of crap. But it works fine in my Safari, so yeah. I mean, maybe you're using Netscape, <laughs> AOL. I'm not sure exactly what it is. And but, that uh, one's on you, then. Yeah, we can't. <laughs> I, I'm, I can't help you there. And Ryan, we have one buzzer beater coming in from Illinois Broncos. Says, "Hey guys, I was scrolling through Twitter yesterday and saw a tweet. Within the tweet, uh, someone said to not be surprised if Brett Rippin makes a 53-man roster." Rippin looks, and to him, to, to the person who said the tweet, Rippin looks further along than Drew Locke. I can see Rippin making the 53-man roster, no problem. But does, but does he really look further along than Locke? I'm kind of blown away by that comment just yeah. because Drew Locke hasn't had bad days. You know, it, I kind of could have seen a situation where Drew Locke doesn't look great early on in camp, and Brett Rippin is very technically sound. He throws a really catchable, nice ball. I could have seen a scenario where that happens and people end up saying oh well it's ripping it's ripping it's ripping and that's probably going to happen when ripping tears up fourth teamers in a preseason game <laughs> but he did no 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 there's no way he's further along than lock and and you can already see that he just he doesn't quite have the tools that drew lock has maybe that person meant ripping better than hogan which which i can i can get behind um because ripping hit and here's the thing about ripping ryan he's got so few reps he, he got more reps yesterday than he got the day before or the day before that but he's not getting even reps he's not getting 25 percent of the reps hey, you kind of get fair amount of reps from the first second and third team and Rippin is you know he's missing some team periods not because of him but they're not giving him some team reps they're not giving him some seven on seven just because that he's he's a camp arm right now yeah, he's a really good camp arm. Yeah, yeah. But all he's getting is the fries at the bottom of the bag. <laughs> Whatever's just left over when everyone's done eating. The Krispies, which are pretty good. They're all good. And you know what? He's turning he, he's turning them in, into good stuff. I've liked what I've seen from him, but come on. Come on. And, and, and I also want to point out that, Ryan, we're both very high on what Drew Locke's done, but we understand what the Broncos' plan is. You and I have not said once that Drew Locke should be the starting quarterback right now. We, we, we're being realistic with where he is and, and what's going on here at Dove Valley. The only person who said that is Brandon, and he was just trolling people, and it worked <laughs> really, really well. He really got under some people's skin with that one. Um, quickly, before we head out of here, started the new season of Last Chance U. I'm mm. about halfway through it. Oh, my God, that show is so freaking good. Will you please, <laughs> please start watching it? It's, Where do it's, I watch it? Netflix. Okay. I do have that. I know you do. There's four <laughs> seasons. Um, it's season four right now. You can cruise through these things. Yeah, they're so good. It's a re- it's based around football. It's inside a JUCO. It, I, I just don't understand how you would, how you could not watch it. What is football? What do you mean? What is football? It's a good a good game. It's about football. 
It's a good game. Oh, okay. You should you should check it out. <laughs> Ch- um, if anyone else is watching, I'd love to hear what you're thinking in this new season. I love Coach Brown. He is very polarizing. <laughs> very polarizing, but he's my kind of he's my kind of coach. <laughs> but I mean, it's like Hollywood. Like you, it's like he's scripted into this role. So he's the opposite. Of Vic Fangio, I don't know. I don't know how good Vic Fangio would be in a Hollywood role right now. And so far, players, media, fans, Vic Vic Fangio is the opposite of polarizing. For sure, yeah. No, he is most certainly the opposite <laughs> of Vic Fangio. New school, screaming all the time, cursing, <laughs> fighting other coaches on the field. It's wild. It's so entertaining, though. It's so entertaining. Would you like to see Vic Fangio at sixty years old, maybe throw down with one of the young coaches? Oh, 100% I want to see that like celebrity death match alright I think that's going to wrap it up for us today remember make sure you subscribe using that code Broncos Camp. really great deal uh, and you're going to get in on all this content and stay tuned to bsndenver.com later for everything we're coming out with from today's practice we'll talk to you tomorrow I don't even know when we're ever going to stop saying that on the BSN Broncos podcast it's getting me down waiting for you talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Winester, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Winester is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Weinster is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Weinster.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order.